Welcome to the Realmcast. I am your host, the Mortal Kombat fan, Tim. And with me, as always, is my co-host, the lore master, Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thanks, fan, Tim. And with us today, we have a special guest. We brought on with us the famous Brusque Poet. Welcome, Brusque. <laughs> famous. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the invitation, and I'm uh, excited to be on here. We're happy to have you here. We are. We really are. Thank you for joining us. Some of our listeners might not know exactly who you are. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and and uh, your, your channel? Sure. My name is Bruce Poet, obviously. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel that's been going around, going on for um, over five years. And um, I've been doing more, a lot of Mortal Kombat stuff. Talk about general Mortal Kombat topics, which, whether it's news, whether it's things from the past or just anything. And I also stream. I've been, uh, I mean, I'm a coming streamer. I'm almost there to be a uh, partner on Twitch. And uh, yeah, I've been streaming Mortal Kombat on there, and it's been really, really fun. So I'm trying to uh, trying to make my ways, trying to make my ways as much as I can. So you've been a Mortal Kombat fan for quite some time. Can you tell us a little bit about just how Mortal Kombat's kind of affected you? Yeah, so I've been a Mortal Kombat fan since I was like five years old. All right, I know I shouldn't have been playing those games, but who the hell cares? All right? <laughs> we, 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 we all were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? You'd be surprised. Some people were like, I remember like saying like, you know, making these really nice posts about like, oh, how I've been a Mortal Kombat fan since this age. You get like those one or two people in the comments or in your replies saying something like, oh, why were you playing the game at that age? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so no, I've been a Mortal Kombat fan since I was like five years old and it started with Mortal Kombat Deception. And since then, I just stuck with Mortal Kombat. There is just something about Mortal Kombat. I can probably point to specific things, but it's just something about the franchise that just made me so like addicted to it that I just kept following and I kept following it. I kept following it. And I kept playing it and I kept playing it and I kept playing it. And I made a YouTube channel all around the franchise and it's really helped my life a lot. Like it's like got, got me far. It's helped me discover what my dreams are in life. And that's to be a content creator. So so like Mortal Kombat has started you down this whole path of of your future in a way. Yeah, it, uh, it uh, helped me figure out what I wanted to do on YouTube because mm-hmm. on YouTube, I used to just do whatever the hell I wanted to do. And then when Mortal Kombat X was coming around i was like wait i'm a huge mortal kombat fan i think i would have a good interesting input on the franchise or the game uh leading up to the release or just throughout the entire game's uh, life because i i know this franchise i know this care these characters i really really like everything about like every single aspect of the of the franchise so i i want to do this and boom i've been at it since um 2014. That's seriously cool. It's like sort of helping you find who you are in a way as well. Yeah, that's 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 correct. And yes, I would like to expand more, but I think Mortal Kombat, it will always be the most important thing to me. It's my favorite thing in pop culture in general. So that's cool. Yeah. So, well, you mentioned you started with Mortal Kombat Deception. I'm going to yes. take a guess. Is that your favorite game? It is. It is my favorite game. Called it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. Uh, in terms of... Well, I, I'm assuming the lore and everything got you into, I guess. Yeah, well, part of it, part of it is, I think Liu Kang, Liu Kang in general helped me get through that. Because when I saw Liu Kang as a zombie in that game, I was like, what the fuck, zombie Bruce Lee? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> so I guess that leads me to the next question. Who is your favorite MK character? <laughs> I like answering the questions uh, in, in, in advance. Yeah, Liu Kang is my favorite character. You're He's just reading our mind. Character. Yeah, but I guess if you didn't like want to spoiler answer i would say like my second runner-up would probably be like scarlet that's like my favorite female character nice so 
yeah cool. i uh I, I really like that character but yeah luke Hang is my primary favorite character we don't get a lot of people on here who have luke Hang as their favorite character what is it about him that you know attracts you to that character well i always like martial arts movies and mm. i always like bruce lee movies and um i always like the asian uh culture the oriental kind of stuff and the vibes that I get from Luke Kang is exactly that. Of course, everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah. And that's what just made me that that it was like automatically my favorite character because anybody associated with that kind of stuff would get my attention. Awesome. And what sort of attracts you to Scarlet? Because I think I do remember up until MK11's reveal, uh, you making a lot of posts about Scarlet returning or hoping that she would return. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember like really pushing the Scarlet train. Around, yeah, around the time Mortal Kombat 9, I realized that I didn't have, have like a favorite female character as such. It's not like I didn't like the female characters. It's just that I never really thought about like, okay, who are the, who, who are the ones that I actually really like and which one's my favorite and i go and i look at scarlet in mk9 and although i think she's better in mk11 so i saw scarlet in mk9 and i'm like this character has a lot of potential i can see what she can do with the blood powers there's a lot more that you can do that's actually in the game right now and mortal kombat 11 scarlet like just showed exactly what i thought scarlet could be in in a Mortal Kombat game if she were to be like a really well-defined character. So, yeah, that's what made me want to be uh what made me want to be maybe made me a Scarlet fan was actually the potential and then Mortal Kombat 11 kind of just like confirmed or kind of just gave me what I've been hoping for. Do you prefer the older games or are you a big Mortal Kombat 11 fan? It depends on what you mean by older games. Like, do I have a f more fun time playing the older games? Do I like the older games a lot more than Mortal Kombat 11? I mean, I love playing Mortal Kombat 11 now. I still play it almost every day. But if if you if you're talking about like, do I find Mortal Kombat Deception more fun? Uh, no, because I've gotten like a I, I built a standard for myself in terms of gameplay. Like this, the mm -hmm. gameplay isn't, you know, the best. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to like defend everything about deception, even though it's my favorite game, but I don't know. There's, there's different standards. There's different criterias. I guess like there are certain elements about deception that I like more than MK11, but I would still prefer to play MK11 over deception right now because one, it's kind of easier to play MK11. All I got to do is just turn on my PS4. If I want to play <laughs> deception, I have to hook up my Xbox that I don't play like all the time. So uh, what, what's your experience been like with MK11 specifically then? Um, I like it. I like how it, uh, the gameplay feels, especially like playing a, uh, as a, as a Liu Kang and Scarlet main, those are like one of the most fun characters to play. They have a lot of combos and, uh, it's visually pleasing. There's a lot of things in MK11 that I've been wanting out of a Mortal Kombat game, and I got it. Like, you know, Deception Sub-Zero is in the game. Yes. Uh, different intros and outros that you can customize that I've been wanting. Ever since I played Overwatch and you can customize your intros and outros, I was like, they should do that for Mortal Kombat because we're always looking at the same like intros and outros throughout these uh, Netherrealm games, and they kind of get annoying and repetitive. Now you can mix them up. So that's really good. Also, visually, they just it just looks gorgeous. Oh, like, yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. looks super like everyone looks super like real. Like Luke Kang looks handsome as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't roll that way, but wow. <laughs> yeah. For all the criticism MK11 gets, honestly, in terms of uh, Phantom and I talk about this quite a bit, like yeah. the art style is beautiful. It really is. It yeah. looks amazing. Oh, yeah. And it felt like an apology from MKX. And I don't know if we'll have time to talk about MKX or anything like that, but I didn't like MKX's like very grim and colorless 
like uh, aesthetic yeah. mk11 is like the complete opposite it's back to like the colorful like stuff that vibrant the, the, yeah like the old mk games had so there's just a lot of things i don't I, I can go on like for like 20 minutes talking about that but i don't think we have time for that <laughs> but yeah mortal kombat 11 is a game that i really really do enjoy that's a great point that i i actually don't even usually consider is how dark they went with mkx um especially right after mk9 yeah it, it's it really, like you went from such a beautiful sort of color scheme in MK9 to this dull, lacking in color MKX, and then switch right back to all those beautiful colors and with amazing graphics, you know, with MK11. Actually, that's one of the biggest criticisms of MKX, despite people... Nowadays, you get a lot of people hating on MK11's gameplay and comparing it to MKX's gameplay. But one thing that everybody seems to agree on is the art direction for MK11 was miles ahead of MKX's. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it was because around the time it was like made when people had this uh, Tanker Owen view of Mortal Kombat, like two years prior to MKX coming out, Mortal Kombat Legacy was out. Mm. And that, that you know, that series was really like, you know, dark and realistic and horror-like and all this Christopher Nolan-esque kind of vibe. And... A lot of people thought that has, that was how Mortal Kombat was because that was like our first like real big exposure to Mortal Kombat, like our first live action exposure to Mortal Kombat. So it brought in all these, you know, casual fans and newcomers thinking that's how Mortal Kombat is. And then Mortal Kombat X comes in and says, yeah, kind of. I, I, I mean, there's still color in there. There's still like the not legacy vibe that you get from that, but it still falls in line with it. And I don't, I don't really like it. That's not how I like my Mortal Kombat. So tell us a little bit more about your YouTube channel. How would you kind of classify it? I would like to say it's an amalgamation of everything. Although my, my community does know me as somebody who likes to talk about the lore. Like I get a lot of questions about the lore, like what happened uh, at this specific point in time, or can you explain why this happened? And I think my most successful like series has been my lore Q&A videos where I take uh, like five questions lore related and I answer them in the video and they've been like super super successful and I think that has made it seem that I'm a lore channel but if you look at my channel actually like objectively I talk about like almost everything like I put my Mm -hmm. input here and there in gameplay and then input almost all the time in general of just general Mortal Kombat topics and stuff so I would say general but I do think a lot of people would say like lore yeah I I think that's how I actually found your channel uh, through your um your lore question videos Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I I was watching a, a few of those. And uh, I, I mean, I'm one of those guys who tends to elaborate on certain things out here or like comments yeah. on everything. So yeah, I, I, that's how I found you myself. And cool. Lore wise, I've I've always enjoyed your channel, and I, I was wondering, do you actually do much about like say the gameplay in a competitive way? Other than like play like Combat League and MK11, I don't really like play competitively. Like I really want to be like a good player. I would say on a scale of like uh, somebody who's like absolutely free to somebody who's like Ninja Killer or Sonic Fox level, I'd say about I'm like below the middle, like just below the middle. I don't think I'm that good, but I have gone to tournaments before. I went to Combo Breaker 
and I went to a local tournament here in my uh, in my city. So that's basically the most you've get, ever gotten in terms of competitive gameplay from me. All right. So what we wanted to do today was go into this the inconsistencies of Mortal Kombat's story as a whole, but with a sort of focus on Mortal Kombat 11. So would you like to kick us off with anything that you've got on your mind? I would like to say I remember during the MK11 hype days, so before the game came out, I remember when it was revealed that Kotal was a prisoner of Shang Tsung in the Flesh Pits. Mm-hmm. And when you go in the MKX comic, that never happened. I was like very confused as to where that came from. But around that time, I didn't really pay attention to it much. So I didn't really like give it much uh, attention. That's a, that's a good point because I have definitely, and I know Phantom has heard of this, and I can't think of where it might have come from. Although our, our friends at the Mortal Kombat uh, Encyclopedia have a, a very interesting theory. <laughs> that yeah. um, Kotal Khan, having been kept in Shang Tsung's flesh pits, is actually meat. <laughs> oh you know, actually, you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought because I heard a theory that maybe because he's in there, maybe that explains why he has new panther powers or something like that. I was like, yo, I'm just trying to make sense of this. Like, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know if that helps or not, but <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. I was like, oh, <laughs> somebody else doesn't think the same or somebody else isn't the only one. <laughs> the the Kotal is meat theory. I love it because <laughs> the whole idea is that when everything happened in Mortal Kombat 9, that somehow led to him being freed from the flesh pits. So him being in the flesh pits occurred before Mortal Kombat 9. Huh. And then, of course, everything you see in Mortal Kombat X is Kotal Khan or meat. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a wild stress. I don't I don't think that's likely, but wow, would that be like something like what? <laughs> Back to the actual topic itself. Yeah. Uh, there is an interaction between uh, Kotal Khan and Shang Tsung in MK11, where he says that he, he basically remembers being in captivity in the flesh pits. Yeah. And on top of that, I think I remember something along the lines of uh, Shao Kahn having imprisoned him specifically because he found him to be a threat. I mean, I mean, I guess that's an explanation as to why he's there. Somewhere where it didn't cover in the MKX comic, that's when he was the a prisoner there. But if you read the MKX comic, it's... It, it doesn't really fit in. He doesn't talk about it either in the Mortal Kombat X comics, does he? Hmm. No, he doesn't. And also, I don't think he was a general either. Because Shao, when he sees Kotal, uh, when the time merger happens in MK11, he says, General Kotal... But he was never a general uh, under Shao hmm. Kahn. So that's something that you can point to as an inconsistency. And I didn't, I didn't catch it until somebody told me. But I was like, oh, wait, you're right. <laughs> you did, like, this is all ringing bells. It's never clicked for me. It is very inconsistent here, actually. I, it is, but I'm like, does it matter? <laughs> does, it actually, does it really matter whether or not like Kotal was a general under Shao Kahn or he was a prisoner or something like that? You're just giving more lore to Shao, more than like, you know, hurting the lore, I guess. But it is still an inconsistency. You, you would still have to categorize it. Uh, under there. I just realized the problem with this topic is that we're going to have a lot of people leaving comments below telling us how far off we are. (laughs) Hey, I'm ready for it. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I want an explanation, (laughs) like literally, like if there's something that I don't understand, I want an explanation. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) It's going to be great. Like we're we're all going to make a lot of mistakes here. And (laughs) 
I expect everybody to call us out, and I will be disappointed if we, if they don't. <laughs> but but you, you say that Kotal wasn't a general in Shao Kahn's army. Why do you say that? Because as far as I know, he was. In the comic, he wasn't. <laughs> he, what, was he? I, oh, it, is that something already explained? <laughs> Are you in well, comment section? <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, the comics took place after MK9, right? Yes. So... By that point, I don't think he was a general uh, under Shao Kahn, though. I think he was something else. Hmm. Like it's so weird to think about because the the sort of keyword for his position in uh, Shao Kahn's army was always that he was a general. I'm assuming prior to MK9. I mean, I'm sure like maybe some point he did, he was, but like I don't think in the comic he was. So yeah, some of that wasn't really explained until we saw the character. Hmm. Then again, does this inconsistency specifically matter? Because I never really considered the comics fully canon. I've always considered them semi-canon. Like they're they're canon when they want to be canon. Yes. the games and such. <laughs> so I know Sean said he intended them to be canon, but there's a lot of inconsistencies there. And when you look at the games and when you look at the comics, it's not all there. It's not all connected. There's there's elements that are brought from the comic into the games and are that are connected. But overall, I get the vibe that they're canon when they want to be canon. Yeah. I mean, one thing that sticks out to me on that is uh, how they mentioned the Reiko Accords in MKX's story. Oh, yeah. That's something that's also in the... Yeah, in the story, and that was also in the uh, comic. So it stemmed from the comics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of Kotal, then, it might not be an inconsistency per se, but... Mm-hmm. How about the whole relationship with Jade? It, it comes out of nowhere, but at the same time, it, it's like there's nothing saying that uh, it didn't actually happen or it can't, it couldn't have happened during that time. It's like saying that Collector couldn't have existed or a Collector came out of nowhere. Like, no, Collector wouldn't be around the time of MK9. He wouldn't be a part of the trilogy cast. He's a tax collector. Not, they're not going to put that kind of character. They're not going to put that kind of character in, in the trilogy cast. But he makes perfect sense to be around that era because he was. He's a, he was he's from that era, but he just was never shown. So it does come out of nowhere, but it doesn't really like. It, there's nothing saying that it shouldn't have happened or it couldn't have happened back back then. Okay, my thought process behind this is that if he and Jade are so in love as MK11 uh-huh. likes to throw into our face, yeah. then. How is it that Jade has not even mentioned, say, a lover at all in MK9's story? And then on top of that is actually still working for Shao Kahn so willingly. I think I have the answer for that. So after Kolo got locked up, Jade obviously became a stripper for Mortal Kombat 9. I, I think that's pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's more of a Mortal Kombat 9 as a whole story. Because in Jade's chapter, there it literally progresses nothing for the story. Literally nothing. So you could have set, had something in MK9, like where Jade references like, oh, I have somebody that I really like or something like that. It doesn't have to be Kotal. Like you didn't have to say it. But, but there, there could have been room in there for them to mention it. But if you look at MK9, uh, Jade's MK9 chapter, it doesn't progress the story at all. It's just fights. It's literally just filler fights. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a problem with MK9 than it is about like Jade's story or Kotal's story or anything like that. Yeah, no, I suppose. I mean, that that whole thing with uh, Kotal and Jade was just, as you said, came out of absolutely nowhere. It did, but to me, I don't think it's a big deal 
I think it just pisses off to the shippers. <laughs> that's how it mainly goes. I think Jade that's where, was meant like, to be with smoke. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, I, I find that ship a little bit cute, but I, I'm I am totally against shipping, and that that's just very cringe. It's me. unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if if Jade and Smoke were to be together, then considering Smoke's interaction with uh, <laughs> Melina <laughs> in yeah. um, in Mortal Kombat 9, I, I don't think he'd even recognize Jade. <laughs> so, Wait, what did he say to Melina? He, he, he thinks it's Katana. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but what, or was it the other way around? Well, did he think that Katana was Melina and attacks no, Katana? No, no, no. He thought Jade attacked Katana when he was at, when she was attacking Melina. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I guess what, one more thing about to say about Jade is like, Jade never really had much of a backstory to go off of right up until the Netherrealm era. So, like, I'm, it, it never really bothered me because, like, you know, 10,000 years leaves plenty of time for relationships so i'm not bothered by it <laughs> one of the uh inconsistencies uh, i think my biggest pet peeve with more come 11 is the entire cabal storyline oh, oh yes. yeah I, that, that's something that i point because i was looking real hard for inconsistencies and i missed some but that one was like super obvious to me i was like oh you gotta oh, be yeah. kidding me <laughs> like come on it's it's there it's in your face if you're gonna make such big hype about cabal returning at least get him right for for those of our listeners who may have started with Mortal Kombat 11, do you want to give a little background on Cabal and how this doesn't work? Okay, I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll just go with MK9, basically. But in MK9, he is burned by uh, Kintaro during the invasion, the, sort of, the events of sort of MK3, right? And at, during this time, he's actually working with the police, with uh, Stryker. Which doesn't make sense, but go ahead. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> we all just accepted MK9 as a sort of reboot. As, yeah, somebody who has a domestic terrorist record. Oh, yeah, let's put you in the police force. <laughs> we'll take you in. Hey, he's got the abilities, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was that accident that also kind of helped him to run fast, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, that isn't, in my opinion, explained very well. <laughs> it's like he, he gets burned and then... Kano heals him and he's like, oh, I've never felt faster. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Is is that the secret to being the Flash? You know? (laughs) (laughs) But um, Cabal has this whole sort of arc in MK9 and then, well, dies alongside everybody else and is pretty much just appears in MKX as a revenant, if I remember correctly. And then from that point, you don't hear from him at all. Then suddenly in MK11, he returns, having been brought back from, we're going to assume, MK9. Yeah. So why is he now suddenly completely evil and full on into the Black Dragon rather than being the cop from the timeline that he was pulled from? I don't think they've ever even explained it. And honestly, I think I, I think they just wanted to do Evil Cabal. I don't know why Evil Cabal is so boring. Like I yeah. want Vigilante Cabal from UMK3. That's the Cabal that yes. I want. And although that's not even consistent with like you know with MK9, I think having a good inconsistency is better than a bad inconsistency. But I guess an explanation they could say is. Okay, he was taken from the time he was a black dragon. Although it doesn't really work because everybody was brought back during the uh, tournament in Outworld. Okay, fine, I'll I'll accept it. But I don't think they've ever explained it. That's something that I could say 
they they could say uh, is that he was brought back from the black dragon part of his life. Yeah. The problem is that they see these characters that look evil and in Mortal Kombat 11 they must be written evil because they look evil and and Yeah. Sindel. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was there. That, yeah. Like, but yeah, Sindel is the, the best example of that. I think you pointed out that uh, that's exactly what they said, right? That's exactly why they changed Sindel to be evil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but that's the weird part because I, I think it was Stephanie who said this, how yeah, yeah. She, she looks evil, so she's actually always been evil. They wanted to write her as evil. But then what did they do? They went and made her look good. They took away yeah. the sort of evil. <laughs> 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 they took it. They, oh, my. Yeah, yeah. We like, can go what? on and on about that. Yeah, that it, is it an inconsistency. No <laughs> it makes no sense. And like the, the reason why she looks evil is because you had to have a visual reference or a visual like a cue or not cue or like just something to imply that this character has been resurrected from the dead. And because we already know what Sindel actually looks like from the arcade ending, or I think it was Kitana's arcade ending or which I forgot which one it was, but yeah, you can right. see what she actually looks like in UMK3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because we saw her good form back then. Yeah. yeah. And they made her look that way. <laughs> they made her look that way in MK11. <laughs> but she's but, always yeah. been evil, right? Don't forget. Going, yeah, going she's always been to, evil. Going back to Cabal, I mean, is it the same thing? Has Cabal always been evil and he was, you know, just playing the police force that he worked for? Or the only explanation we really got in Mortal Kombat 11 was, oh, Sonya burned you. So no. That's well, another inconsistency. Actually, I think, no, 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 no. I think, I think they actually like, because th- like, I, I think it was, uh, I think Kano said that to Cabal mm-hmm. and then the other Kano said, like, did that actually happen? And he said no. Like, he was yeah. like, no, nah, but he's just motivated. I don't know if ah, you caught okay. that, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It does ring a bell. Well, going off of what you said, Brusque, uh, the explanation you gave, basically, for how he, sure. it, you would accept that he's evil now. He's been yeah. taken pre-joining the Force. Now, yeah. if that is the case, then why is he fast? Yeah, I know. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm not, I'm not like, saying, like, okay, like, okay, this is the explanation. Checkmate. Boom! I like checkmate. Like, like get owned. No, no, no. I'm just no. saying. Like, I can. I guess I can see what they're trying to do, or if they wanted to say something like that, I I can see them doing that. But I, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, I know. Why? Why does he have speed? <laughs> but I mean, you, you mentioned like how you'd be more willing to accept a sort of a good con. Yeah. So I think Scarlet is a great example of that. Yes, and I am like, I am like. I guess I'm in the minority or I'm like in the middle with this for Scarlet fans. If, if she's no, no, like, would you like to explain for the people who might not know about her retcon? Well, look, let's just say this. Scarlet was not a character in MK9. Like she was just like, oh, look, uh, a rumored character from the old games. We're going to bring her back and we're just going to give her a bullshit story. Mortal Kombat 11 to me is like, their second chance to actually define who they wanted this character to be all along. And obviously you can see that because her blood powers are more elaborate. They've been elaborated on. Uh, Her story is a little bit more expanded on. Uh, She has a voice. She has a personality. 
So Scarlet's a character now. Mortal Kombat 9, I don't I don't think is a good example of something that they should follow because it was a written on a napkin kind of character. And this is somebody who likes MK9 Scarlet. Well, I, I like Scarlet in general, uh, and I started with MK9, but I have to be fair here. Like, Scarlet is just wasn't a character. So, Yanni, correct me if I'm wrong. So, so just a brief explanation on the Redcon. Originally, she had been transformed out of the blood pits using Shao Kahn's magic yeah. and sorcery. Um, but however, in the Redcon version, she is... Uh, created from the blood of thousands of warriors or something like that correct okay. so this this is what it was in mk9 uh, she was created from the blood from the countless battlefields as you just mentioned fused with sorcery yep and because of that she was used as a sort of like tracker of sorts uh, a warrior for shao Kahn that who like he would sort of let her off her leash you know to go and find people who are possible traitors as as Bruce said she kind of had no personality although i do kind of put that down also just to the fact that she was a dlc character so for example yeah. if we look at rain and mk9 he didn't exactly talk right so yeah. i think that was one of the the uh the negative points. well but previously we kind of knew what his character was all about like the ego stuff kind of did start with armageddon or mm-hmm. you, you got you got hints of it a little bit in umk3 so I guess you you automatically assumed what his personality was in MK9 or what this character was all about in MK9 because you know he's he's been in previous games so you kind of already kind yeah, of know exactly. what's going on. So this was sort of detracting from, you know, the strengths of her story. I I myself really liked her MK9 story and I wouldn't have minded if they took it further because I feel like they Just could Just to be clear, I didn't mind it either. Yeah. Yeah. But in MK11, what they've done is, firstly, they made her more of a blood mage rather than an assassin, which I think yes. is a cool change. Um, although yes. I do really miss the sort of assassin vibe as well. And I must say outfit. Um, <laughs> she, oh, I miss it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're still holding out hope for MK11. <laughs> yeah. But in, in MK11, she was now a starving wretch before Shao Kahn like fused her with blood she was a crackhead on the street (laughs) (laughs) well she was a starving orphan Uh, and that has seemed to have continued into her character despite the uh blood sorcery giving her that lust for blood basically yeah uh and she's she's still shakan's creation but in this case it's more that she has a background having been you know an actual person before whereas mk9 sort of implied that she might have just been straight up an actual creation of blood yeah, I guess like it still works together. There's just more information to it because she's still like who Scarlet is now has been made of blood. And that's kind of does still fall in line with MK9. Exactly. So I, I still don't really consider it that much of a retcon to me. It's just more information added onto there. Yes, there are a little bit of changes, but you can you can work around it. Like the way the words are, you can make it work for yourself. Yeah. Recently, um, Tyler or Dominique, one of the two, I can't remember which, uh, kind of expanded on it and said that the blood that was used to create her was the same blood from the blood pits, but it was the blood of past warriors who had had been deceased. And that kind of went into creating her as she is now. Uh, I mean, it doesn't change too much about what we knew. It just kind of, they just kind of expanded where it came a from. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not too much of a, it's just expanded. It doesn't like, it's not inconsistent to me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's why I'm thinking it's more of a sort of 
positive quote-unquote retcon in comparison to say cabal and well sindel yeah yeah for, for sure i never was bothered by it i know some people were bothered about it. i'm like i don't see it guys it's not that big of a change if anything it's just more of just expanded it's just like it's just it's just it's just dlc yeah. it's just dlc for her for her story no, I liked it. My my only issue with Scarlet's retcon was her outfit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't mind it, but you know, she still uses her you know fingertips to get the blood from her. Like she still has the skin. She still stabs herself. So it's it, it's it's whatever to me. Yeah. It's just whatever. I, I have the option to s- switch to a Scarlet with, that has her thighs exposed. So like, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like when I say that I miss the revealing Scarlet, it's not even of like a sort of sexual nature. It's just the yeah. fact that firstly, I've always liked that aspect of Mortal Kombat's outfits just being so over the top and ridiculous, you know, but mm-hmm. with, with Scarlet, I feel like it makes sense as it does with say Melina, right? Melina, the whole yeah. point was that she was meant to be sexual for her character yes, and lure you in. Whereas with Scarlet, it was that she was absorbing blood. Now, yes, mm-hmm. technically she can absorb it through the clothes, but it just made so much sense for if they were going to quote, make, make the, the outfits more modest as they said mm-hmm. it would have made sense to have left scarlet's uh, design the way it was rather than change it so drastically i would have left it i love mk9 scarlet but just as just as a design like like you said like also just not for the sexual thing i think it's just i think it's just a good costume i i, I really like i just like the way it looks she kind of looks like a ninja so yeah that that's, that's exactly. something that I really, really liked about Scarlet and MK9 as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we mentioned Sindel. Her retcon sort of ties into a, again, this is difficult to call a retcon, but it, I think it does apply into a sort of retcon for Shao Kahn. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Our great con has fallen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh my god, when he was calling her wife in wife. the aftermath. Oh god, man. I I was just cringe. <laughs> yeah. Super, super, super cringe. Taking her hand. Oh my god, man. I, yeah, I mean, I, I still like Shao in this game, but there are elements that I just don't like about him. And yeah, that's one of them. I was but I, I overall I was still happy to have Shao Kahn playable in a chapter. Like he, he got yes. his own chapter. I I didn't I did not play the Sindel part of the story. I I, I refused to pick Sindel. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you pick Shao Kahn throughout Aftermath, I think it actually helps a little bit, but the wife stuff is still there. I, I, every time one of us says wife, I just hear him saying it in my head, grunting it in my head. <laughs> same, same. I, I think the same too. <laughs> they really dumbed Shao Kahn down. Like, he has always been this, not not just a brute, but also an intelligent, ski, uh, like, tactician, you know? He's yes. always been... He's always actually been smart. It's not that Shang Tsung has been the brains behind everything. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Shao Kahn has been in power so long. And I feel like one of the biggest inconsistencies of MK11 is making Shao Kahn look like he is just a dumb brute. I think what they wanted to do with Eleven was because what you see in gameplay is somebody who says, are you not entertained? Like that's kind of like the vibe that you get when you're seeing him most of the time. And when you're playing Mortal Kombat, that's really all you get. And that's fine because it's just gameplay part. And I think they just went a little bit too overboard and they just made that uh, made that part of the story 
in MK11, and I, 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 I don't like it either, but I can get why they did it. One thing is that, you know, Shao Kahn, he gets defeated pretty early on in the story, in the, in the original story by Katana. It makes Katana Katana Khan, which is an awesome story for Katana, but at the same time, you, he, you bring him back in Aftermath, and he just decimates everybody, which doesn't seem like the same character. <laughs> it doesn't. But I guess you could also say that he was buffed up a little bit when he was in the soul chamber. They didn't say it, but I can see Dominic coming out and saying, yeah, he he was amplified a little bit with uh, uh, coming out of the soul chamber. I totally thought you were going to say buffed up by Sindel's return. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were going to get a Shang Tsung's juice reference again. I mean, it's not that far off. It's not that far off. The soul power and stuff. (laughs) They did all team team up together at the end, right? They did. They did. (laughs) There's something we didn't see off screen. (laughs) So power level then with Shao Kahn being defeated by Katana. I mean, that, in my opinion, kind of it diminishes Liu Kang's defeat of Shao Kahn because the whole point was that Liu Kang was meant to be this crazy warrior and Shao Kahn is meant to be this tyrant mm-hmm. or oh, this all-powerful tyrant right like he has literally defeated Onaga to emphasize the point that he wasn't just brute he poisoned Onaga because he knew he couldn't take he him smart <laughs> he was smart exactly yeah. aside from onaga shao khan was pretty much the most powerful being and that's why he's been conquering all these realms so lu kang was the one who had to come along and be that that champion but now all of a sudden shao khan is getting destroyed by katana well to me i i actually really like that part of the story mode because katana and every single game prior to mk11 has been a damsel in distress or a goon and so in mk11 you you do a complete turnaround and you make her this really good well-written character and when she beats Shao Kahn, I, I really wanted her to, I, I don't know why she didn't just straight up kill him, but I think being the daughter of Shao Kahn, being like very oppressed, being minimized to something else, and then like overcoming that, I think that's very, very powerful for her character. And I think it means a lot more to her character uh, for just Katana, uh, knowing that she is Medidly Squat since before MK11, excuse me. So I really like that part of the story mode. I never really minded it. And to address like the, I guess my, my response to the Luke Kang thing is that, well, Shao Kahn was never going to be the boss of MK11. So who was going to beat Shao Kahn? Somebody who's close to Shao Kahn, somebody who has a close connection to Shao Kahn, Katana. So I thought that was good. And Luke Kang is still the chosen one at the end of MK11. So I don't think anything really is taken away from Luke Kang. I really like that part too. I mean, Mortal Kombat 11 has a lot of heavy handed uh, political correctness in it. And the whole Katana beating Khan was very much like a girl power move. But at the same time, it was a good part of the story. It was a good story element and it was a good progression for that character. I I think there are plenty of other scenes in there where the whole political agendas were far greater, like the whole make Outworld great again scene. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it was a scene. I think it was just an intro. Yeah. Oh, it was a story mode. Yeah. No, you're right. It was in the Coliseum. Did he say, let's make Outworld great again? He did, when he shows up to reclaim. Oh, wait, okay, now I remember. Oh, I was just like, yeah, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> you just reminded me of the scene when when Kotal offers him uh, asylum. 
my god. <laughs> like, honestly, the balls on Kotal. Yeah. <laughs> say that to Shao Kahn. Yeah. Well, I think everyone was confused, so I think he was just trying to be like, okay, hold on a second. Let, let's just settle down here, all right? Let's just take things very, very lightly. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of Kitana, like, I agree. It was a good move. The problem was the inconsistency. I feel like that it could have been handled better in making that or. I suppose, believable based on past games showing Kitana's power level, right? Kitana's always been strong, but the the point I was trying to make was Shao Kahn is this all-powerful being, right? So the one being was sort of working through the world, right? Trying to piece himself back together. And then Shao Kahn was supposed to be that replacement. So I, I, I just find it very weird that all of a sudden somebody other than Liu Kang is beating Shao Kahn. But I do agree. Of, of all people, I am glad it was Kitana because it was very good for her character. Yeah. And then again, one, one more thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is like, well, I think I already said it, but like, okay, if it's not going to be somebody like Liu Kang who would, be reason, who would reasonably beat Shao Kahn, it, it it sort of falls in line with like the whole like oh this character is super powerful but the daughter or that one soft spot or the one person who knows them the best although they aren't that powerful they have the ability to take down this person it sort of falls in line with that kind of story where this you know again where this huge powerful being uh their weakness is somebody like a daughter or, you know, a, a wife or <laughs> not, not to make a joke about it, but like a, like a <laughs> wife or like, you know, an ex-girlfriend. Or I would have loved to have seen that expanded on even more though, you know, like, yeah, I, I agree. Conquest did it well. And that would have been cool. Like that sort of d- direction with uh, Shao Kahn and Katana might've been good too. But you say that it makes sense because say it's the whole family weakness thing or something like that. Right. And yeah. uh, yes, you're okay. right in a way, but one that actually leads me to one of my problems with with MK11, which is that, again, you mentioned this with Shao Kahn earlier about how they've taken his character to being this brute too far. Uh, they, they They made it a characteristic and then they kind of stepped over the line. And that seems to be something that follows most of the characters around in MK11. So for example, uh, Noob Saibot just being this extremely edgy boy. You know, <laughs> so th- that's the problem. I feel like there are too many cliches in MK11 in comparison to past games. Well, I think for a character like Noob Saiba, who doesn't have too many cutscenes and stuff, and when you all really have all you really have to go off of is like in intros and you know in gameplay and stuff, I think it's okay. But at the same time, Bihan was always an asshole, so. <laughs> I never really got like, I, I never really had a problem with it because Bihan was always an asshole. Like, this is like who he is. He's just somebody who doesn't care. And he is an edgy boy. So, did care about Serena. <laughs> did care about Serena. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that's really like a thing. I guess oh, I don't he mean shipping wise. Uh, although oh, I, I would I, still I, argue that possibly. But I mean, in terms of the fact that he actually went to try and save her and stuff. You know, she, they obviously connected and she tried to save him. And then he obviously felt, didn't he just like fall, like just, just stumble across her. And then Serena wanted to come along with him. I don't think he really cared about Serena. He chose to not kill her when he fought her. Sure. Yeah. And uh, later on, she then went to help him fight Shinnok. Right. Sure. Getting killed. Yeah, I guess. But at the same time, the Sub-Zero and the Serena kind of ship or the that, that kind of story, um, it's, it's always been more about Kwai Liang than Bihan to me. Because they, they they expanded on it a little bit more with Kwai Liang Sub-Zero more than yes. they did with Bihan. Yeah, so. and Deception. 
Yeah, it's still a thing. I, I would say it's still a thing between Bihan and Serena, but I don't think it's that there too much. I think it's more present with Kwai Liang Sub-Zero than it is Bihan. And for those of our listeners who don't know, this is uh, mostly in reference to Mortal Kombat Mythology's Sub-Zero yes. video game. Yeah. I'm just glad we managed to get a Serena reference in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serena is a character that I really miss a lot. Yeah. I, I want Serena back. And, Still and holding out hope for MK11. Yeah, holding out hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would, I would like to hope, but I, I don't think it's very likely. I, I just, I, I can kind of expect what to see. Although I will say, I did not expect Molina to come back. So, <laughs> I mean, another one of the inconsistencies that everybody points out is. How does this whole pain thing work in Mortal Kombat 11? Uh-huh. Because you have certain characters where if you punch their former self, nothing happens. And if you punch them, <laughs> it breaks ribs in the the present version and things like that. Like you have stuff like with Kano where he gets shot in the face and dies in both incarnations. But then you have things like um, Nightwolf. Nightwolf. You want to elaborate a little more? Yeah, so we have the whole Nightwolf, uh, Shang Tsung, and Fujin team up in Aftermath, right? And they are in the Nether Realm, and Shang Tsung actually absorbs Revenant Nightwolf's soul. Mm-hmm. Now, judging by the rules that have been established as to the, you know pain or whatever it being inflicted on your other self, Nightwolf should have died. Well, in that case, though, that was past Nightwolf who didn't die, and future Nightwolf's soul was getting absorbed. Yeah, I was going to say that. It was future Nightwolf who died, not past Nightwolf. So past Nightwolf, now now he has a new path, I guess. Like he, yeah. he something, something in the future has been erased, so the future hasn't happened yet uh, for for past Nightwolf. I don't think that really works to me. Like that's not like inconsistency. Well, it, that's it, fair. But then we look at the fact that Scorpion fought Scorpion. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. That, that's also true scorpion fought scorpion and future scorpion died but past Sephora. yes but past scorpion didn't yes so i okay well, so is there something i'm missing here because i'm like well, okay. in terms of pain sorry i didn't mean in terms of oh, death oh, oh pain 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 yes. yeah oh, okay sure i mean i guess i guess you could say that like they're, they're throwing kunai at each other <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> that's true was that in cutscenes or is that like in... That was a fight. I, right, right before um, Hanzo gets poisoned by Devora, which is another one that I'm going to get into, uh, Scorpion fights... Well, Hanzo, I guess, if I remember Hanzo correctly. Fights, yeah, Hanzo <laughs> fights past Scorpion. Yeah. And and that's kind of similar with, you know, past Johnny Cage fighting future Johnny Cage and then uh, one of them gets grazed with a bullet and it creates a scar on future Johnny Cage. So in, in that same kind of idea, the kunai should have been hurting uh, Hanzo during the Scorpion Hanzo fight. That happened in cutscenes, right? Yeah, that was a cutscene. Well, I remember, like, I remember, I remember the, the Johnny cutscene, but not the Scorpion one. So, <laughs> well, yeah. then can you can you confirm which one was actually had the had his uh, cheek grazed by the bullet? Was it the young or the older? Young Johnny got shot. Ah, and okay. Scar, and then so did uh, so did uh, pass uh, older Johnny. Okay, all right. I thought it was the other way around. I was like, what? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was a little confused right there too, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well then, I mean, Hanzo in MKX gets stabbed in exactly the same place by Devorah and lives, whereas in MK11, again, same place, dies. What? I think maybe this time she had poison in her. Oh, come on. I know, I know, I know, I know it. But that's my thought too yeah. on it. 
I think Devorah also stabbed him a little in another place as well. So it was two places instead of one. I, <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm not. I'm just trying to find devil's advocate. I didn't like Scorpion dying to Devorah. I liked his death scene, like that very touching moment, but I didn't like how he died to Devorah. Oh, that, that was meme potential galore. That was beautiful, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I believe that Noob should have been the one to have killed him. But yeah, like I remember somebody posted a picture of the dating scene side by side, MKX, MK11, and it's literally the exact same position. Yeah, I mean, my devil advocate the response is still the same. But <laughs> the I'm poison. Gonna, the yeah, boy went through metamorphosis and gained the yeah, power of poison. Poison <laughs> this time, yeah. She just laced her, her tentacle tips with poison. So. <laughs> yeah. There is one character who... It has apparently been killed by at least the entire roster at this point. <laughs> King Jared. Oh, yeah. Oh, my who God. Who killed him? <laughs> I, lo- I, I like how that's like a meme. Like, who killed Jared? Was it Devora? Was it Shao Kahn? Was it Sindel? Who was it? <laughs> Quan Chi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quan Chi's apparently killing everybody now. <laughs> everybody killed Jared. Like, that's that, that. I like how that's a meme. <laughs> but it's in the crypt i think it says that shao khan did it but then in aftermath it says that sindel did or sindel helped but then in interactions devora did yeah and then in interactions devora killed jared i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I, I still think like i wait i think the story was that shao khan still cared jared but uh sindel was by her side by by his side excuse me so it, it, i think the original thing is still there but I, I do like the meme about like about who killed Jared. It's like everybody killed Jared. I, I, I think that's really funny. I, I'm just I'm just trying to think of who else has said they might have killed him. I, I feel like Quan Chi was involved at some point as well. I don't I don't remember that happening in MK11. But I think I think you may be connecting that with the with Quan Chi killing Sindel. Ah, but yes, yes, yeah, that was that's it. Probably what it is. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, which is stupid. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is stupid. <laughs> Like, is King Jared within Ermac then? Has that been confirmed? We, we have no idea what's happening with Jared, and you would you would think that this would be something they would I, confirm at some point. I think that is confirmed, yes, that Jared is a part of Ermac. That was I in his that, MK9 yeah. ending, wasn't it? Yeah, it was his MK9 ending, yeah. Mm. Uh, one more thing I'll say about Jared is that I think uh, and there's an MKX intro that's a very rare, I don't know if you guys know this, there's a very, very rare intro in, the, in MKX where Ermac is speaking as jared to ermac what? in a mirror match i don't know if you guys heard that and it sounds like Orin. like i think it's the same voice actor as Orin from armageddon but really? I, I, and I thought it was Orin, but he's speaking in the intro as jared so uh, yeah not many people know that I'm, i i've watched all the intros and i feel like this would have stuck out to me like i made a video on this and I thought it was huh. Orin because it sounded literally exactly like Orin. So I thought like for some reason Orin was like a part of Ermac or Orin was speaking through Ermac. So I made a video about it. You can like just search up Mortal Kombat X Orin intro or something like that. And you can cool. find the intro. Yeah, Definitely cool. curious to check just that out. My stupid commentary with my voice <laughs> around the time. Just skip <laughs> that part <laughs> whenever you get the chance. Oh, that's actually really cool. I had no idea. Yeah. But going back to Sindel, doesn't the Mortal Kombat 11 story change her death quite dramatically too? It changes her entire character dramatically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so Sindel was meant to have been, firstly, as we said, good. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to admit or accept, rather, that she is evil. <laughs> I yeah. think that's complete so bull. And that <laughs> the writers need to accept that maybe they made a mistake with that and just, yeah. you know, suck it up and be like, okay, yeah, you know what? <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, Sindel 
was supposed to have committed suicide, which would then have led yes. to the barrier for Earthrealm. You know, like the whole thing, like to protect Earthrealm. Mm-hmm. Now, with her apparently not having killed herself, mm-hmm. that leads us to what we said earlier, that Quan Chi apparently killed her because he thought she was a threat to Shao Kahn, was it? Um, it's it's so dumb, man. That, yeah. that no, just why would Quan Chi care? <laughs> yeah. Why, first, why? Yeah. Why would Quan Chi care? And in MK Nine, why would she kill herself to save Earthrealm? Why would she care about Earthrealm? <laughs> she doesn't yeah, give a that's, shit. That's, that's a fair point, you know. Yeah, that's an that's an MK Nine problem more than it is Eleven. But but to be fair, okay. At this point in MK Nine, Sindel was. Uh, you know, trying to protect Adenia, realized she had failed, and knew that Earthrealm would have been the next point of conquer, right? I thought she was creating a barrier between uh, Outworld and Adenia at that point, and that's why no, suicide otherwise was otherwise they wouldn't have been conquered. Hmm. But, uh, well, yeah, see, the, uh, I get your point, but at the same time, you never see, like, people like Argus like, defending Earthrealm or anything like that. I don't think it's I don't think it's consistent with how other people like uh, interact with other realms like Raiden want to go out of the way and try to protect other realms from being conquered or anything like that so i don't know well, it, no, but he has shown indignation at the idea of it though right sure but i think he just, i think that just comes from like not liking shao Kahn. <laughs> yeah but why does he not like shao Kahn? because he tries to conquer realms oh, right? okay yeah yeah you're right yeah so with sindel <laughs> my my logic is that she was supposed to be and still is <clears throat> good right and she was so yeah. good that she realized the earth realm would have been next on the list and tried to you know save another sort of <laughs> civilization right or uh-huh. another whole realm yeah. in this case uh that, that that's my sort of head canon. i get why you know you would not agree with it i mm-hmm. i just feel like that's a lot less of an inconsistency in comparison to what has happened to sindel <laughs> I'll give that a pass. I'll give that a pass to me. <laughs> and like even Sindel's retcon doesn't even work in their own writing. So because like, okay, you, you just have to look at so Shiva has known Sindel even before when she died. So Shiva would know that she has been evil all along, which is what they have been saying. Sindel was evil all along. Why does she act surprised when she goes around and and, and like and and why does she act surprised when she be suddenly the, the the twist happens where she's evil. Like, why are you surprised? You knew she's evil. Like, yeah. What? It's just if, it does. If you didn't work. know, then you weren't a good bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You say you but never left her side. <sighs> Doubt. But we're told that she is a good bodyguard. That she's been there by her side all the time. So yeah, she would know that she was she was evil. And then she acts surprised when she's evil. So <laughs> it doesn't even work at their own writing. They know that it's not. I think they got to admit, they got to suck it up. And they got to admit that it's that it, it was a mistake. It just didn't work. Yeah. No, I mean, everything about Sindel didn't work. And I guess this will be my last point on Sindel because we, we everybody oh, we've has gone really. Yeah, everybody's gone through this. I've gone through this. So this, this, this is something that I find very weird. Now, Sindel was defeated in MKX by the combat kids. Yeah. Sindel in MK9 destroyed everyone right yeah now yeah. we recently had this point well recently we had this point in uh, our aftermath discussion episode with history behind the war and the fourth snake and uppercut editions that she mm-hmm. was only so strong in mk9 due to having absorbed shang's powers yeah. but in mk11 she is proclaimed to be god tier basically taking on cetrion yeah so that <laughs> explanation for her only being strong due to shang's powers actually doesn't make sense here with MK11's yeah. apparent take on Sindel. 
Yeah, and I think I think the reason why they brought her back, other than like, oh, she's a DLC character, we kind of have to write her in, is that like, oh, like the the MK9 scene happened, so that that's why when when we when want to bring her in, and yes, like the uh, the the Shang Tsung uh, giving her the buff is the reason why she did so or she was able to do it, but. I guess another thing that I could uh, see them like saying is that when she was in the soul chamber, she got buffed up as well, like Shao Kahn did. So they didn't they don't say it. But I think if you said that it would work like she got extra souls from the soul chamber, like in the soul refrigerator. So (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking uh, Nightwolf actually fights Nightwolf. They feel pain when hurting each other. Well, actually, that that kind of goes against the whole thing, firstly, that we said of possibly that, you know, he's in the future, so he wouldn't feel the pain because because Revenant Nightwolf, so future Nightwolf is actually feeling pain from hurting past Nightwolf. So that actually goes against our sort of justification for why Nightwolf didn't die when, you know, Revenant Nightwolf was absorbed. But then on top of that, Jax fights Jax in the story and neither of them get hurt. I mean, was there a major injury that happened in that fight? I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like if you're getting punched by somebody with, with yeah, arms. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not really gonna defend this as much. <laughs> I'm just saying because I've, I, I'm, I remember some people in my Twitch chat have been asking me this question and stuff. Okay, maybe like major notable injuries are actually taking effect when the when the past versions of themselves like fight or like when they fight themselves or something if a major injury happens that's when an effect will happen because a bullet scar that's something that that's all that's always going to stick with you no matter what i got one for you kung lao gets thrown into a sea of blood as his younger version Uh, but revenant kung lao is just fine (laughs) yeah but i don't think he died he didn't die no if a future kung lao was still kicking I'm I'm assuming that Kung Lao was just not drowning, but just like swimming the entire. <laughs> <freaking> <laughs> it's bottomless, but not endless. It's yeah, not, he might have yeah. found a shore. <laughs> All right, I'll give you guys that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with, with the whole you know like bad injury thing, Jax versus Jax kind of really looked just as bad as Nightwolf versus Nightwolf. Yeah, to be yeah. Honest. Again, I'm not you gonna know? I'm not gonna defend it as, yeah. much, as much. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying ex- explain it in a writer's perspective. Even though the writing could be, yeah, yeah. This is what happens when you don't write it very, very well. <laughs> One thing I found really surprising about the story mode was Raiden, the defender of Earthrealm, meets Kotal Khan and he's never heard of him before. But we also find out that Kotal Khan or the Aztec were revered by the Mayans. So, I mean, is the defender of Earthrealm really that bad at knowing what's happening in his realm? I guess, like, he just didn't know Kotal specifically. I guess. Yeah, but Kotal himself is revered, you know? Like, it's so... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to know of the Oshtek, you're going to know who Kotal is. I, I guess he would know more of uh, his father Ketz than he would, like, actually Kotal himself, or, or Koatal, or Bullock, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Any. <laughs> Just not like maybe, 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 maybe the na- Maybe the name change, like, oh, this is... Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying to make this so bad. Don't get us wrong. We, we appreciate you playing devil's advocate so we can tear it down. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I like Mortal Kombat 11, so I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> 
Well, okay, so Kronika. Uh-oh. She has the po- Yeah, uh-oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she has the power to stop time and has literally never killed anyone with it. That's true. And also, I'm not going to explain. I'm just going to elaborate on this. Like, okay, so the Titan isn't Kronika. It's the Hourglass. Because you need the crown and the Hourglass to control time whoa hold on you just blew my mind <laughs> that, is is that how is that how it is i always thought chronica was the titan that's what we're told but she herself can't do it she yeah. needs the crown and the hourglass to do what she is said to do so the titans don't work <laughs> because the <laughs> actual titan here is the hourglass because the hourglass <laughs> is that is the power that controls time so according to this interpretation what wow. exactly is chronica i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I, I literally don't know it, that's why i don't like the uh the titan thing it just does not work yeah. well yeah that, that's the next point the titans are the biggest inconsistency yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys were thinking that i was like defending chronica or anything or trying to explain it no i was, I was like saying you know this is something that's like in defense like you can't defend this, this is something you can't that- no <laughs> like chronica is meant to be this titan however we have have been shown that Liu Kang and Shang Tsung can control time and pretty much do everything that she was doing except have innate time manipulation abilities. Yeah. So what you're saying is true. Like technically the crown and the hourglass are the true titans. And even then, technically the crown never existed until Shang Tsung. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't have anything other than I agree with you. Other than <laughs> <laughs> So Kronika just... is, is just the mother of gods. That's pretty much her only role in the game. Much. And that, that, that also doesn't work either. We're also told by Dominic that Kronika exists above the one being. No, that does not work. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that. I was like, what? Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't work because the one being is existence itself so chronica is a part of the one being you can't exist above something that you're a part of you know yeah it's just, it's like saying like whether you believe in god or not whether you're religious or not it's like saying i'm above god god <laughs> doesn't work <laughs> yeah. like that, that's the thing and that that was what really made me lose confidence in the writing when i saw that tweet i lost confidence in mk9 so mk9 was good but had problems mkx was where i really started to lose confidence in the story but then mk11 you know Mm. really took things further and then this specific point of the titans being above the one being what are you talking about like by saying this you are showing you don't understand the entire plot of mk11 oh sorry mk11 of mortal Kombat, and that's what we're saying the titans are so inconsistent because if you are placing them not just above the elder gods who were meant to be the the top dogs other than the one being you're placing above the one being then that makes the entire story of mortal Kombat because the whole point is that it's supposed to be the one being's sort of looming return. Yeah, and the influence of the one being is through some people like Shao Kahn, because Shao Kahn wants to conquer all the realms, and when you you know merge all the realms together, when you get closer to that uh, vibe 
uh, it'll bring back the one being. So it worked with how it was before, but now it doesn't because Veronica's above the one being, which just doesn't work. Exactly. Kind of uh, going off of that, Sean Kittleson, who wrote the Mortal Kombat X comic books, actually said that the Titans were below the one being before Dominique made his statement on it. It's hard when Do- when when you're not in studio and you're not on the same page. and Because I, th- I think Sean is in LA and Dominic is obviously in Chicago. So you can see the disconnect a little bit right there. Mm, yeah. Not being under the same under the same wing. Anyways, that was just my random thought. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I agree with Sean that you know the the Titans would be below the one being because you know uh, w- one last thing to say again, just 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 so we can explain this for people who aren't really caught up with this. So like the one being and the Elder Gods were the only two entities that existed at the beginning, just like literally at the beginning of everything. Um, you know, b- before time itself was even a concept. So. You know, when the Elder Gods defeated the One Being, it was split into various components, which make the known universe. So the realms and such. So the Titans can't be above the One Being because the One Being is literally all of existence itself. Mm -hmm. Elder Gods and Titans accepted. So even in MK11, Cetran herself acknowledges this. She says, we are all children of the One Being, as are all the gods of the realm. So... Thank you. Oh, man, I just, I, I, I was going to say, man, the inconsistencies, but I mean, explanation mode. So yeah, that, that, no. that's, that's how it goes, guys. That's how it goes. I like, I like how you before time even existed because, you know, Kronika. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think there, there are a few quotes I've seen in at Mortal Kombat communities online, you know, in the Facebook group, on YouTube on Reddit, on Reddit. There are a few quotes that really stuck out to me about the inconsistencies in Mortal Kombat, and here are, here are a few of them. I think it's harder to find a narrative sequence in Mortal Kombat that does not have inconsistencies than one that does. <laughs> yep. When asked what inconsistencies are there in Mortal Kombat, somebody responded, the entirety of the rebooted universe, lol. (laughs) 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 NRS MK games have more inconsistencies than actual verifiable facts. (laughs) That one one felt like a big burn. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I've I've seen people say something like that. (laughs) Uh, To to be fair, we're just playing around. We obviously love Mortal Kombat for the story and such. But uh, I just thought those would be some fun quotes. You know, when you say that you realized about, you know, the not being being all there and the writing is always going to have inconsistencies and this is kind of just how it is. Again, I felt that way since, you know, I really analyze MK9 and I really don't really like MK9 as a story. I thought MKX was okay. I th- I think it's the best written Mortal Kombat story, but ooh, it's... Ooh. Oh, hold on, 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 but boring and it's... Emotionally unsatisfying, and I think MK11. It's not well written, but I think it's emotionally satisfying for me. I mean, everybody kind of has their their different favorite when it comes to the Mortal Kombat lore games. And and when I got to MK11, I was like, I know this is how it's gonna be. I know I'm not expecting like Tobias level writing or anything like yeah. that. Oh, so, <laughs> I know. So I'm like, you know, when stuff happens, yes, I'm gonna be annoyed. Yes, I'm gonna call it out. But uh, I mean, it, it's it's tiresome uh, uh, now, and they do a pretty good job at like hiding it with these really awesome scenes, like you know the Fujin scene in aftermath, mm. Liu Kang in general uh, as a whole in MK11 and his story, Shang Tsung in aftermath. So. You know, they do a really good job with a lot of other things. So if you give me the stuff that I want that emotionally satisfies me, I think I'll be okay. 
I think all these inconsistencies show the need for NetherRealm or Wonder Brothers to have a Mortal Kombat encyclopedia. So I'd like to yep. take this moment to give a special thanks out to Uppercut Editions for all their continued support. If you're anybody's interested in knowing more about them, you can find them at Encyclopedia MK on Twitter and the Mortal Kombat Encyclopedia Project on Facebook. They're actually working on building a all-encompassing book of everything Mortal Kombat related. And I, I think that would benefit NetherRealm to the extreme. Yeah, more so than the community, even, in my opinion. Any media that's not related to games, I will take. Because <laughs> so that's why I was like super, super happy to have like Scorpion's Revenge and stuff like that. So yeah. I know that's I know that's a movie that not an encyclopedia or a book. Like anything that's any Mortal Kombat media that's not the games, I just want it in my veins because I like seeing Mortal Kombat expanded into different things. And because when you do that, you get a bigger fans base and um, and uh, more con- content. Yeah. You mentioned Tobias. I mean, I, I think we also have to uh, address, you know, John Vogel, too. Yeah. The dream team, if we could get him. <laughs> yeah. If we could have yeah. them both, ooh, <laughs> it would be a completely different. Probably, different you guys could probably be able to get Tobias. He doesn't. Uh, I think he's oh, been on I, another. I, I, meant, I meant back for NRS. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I thought you were saying right. Yeah. It'd be good to have him like on or something. That would be okay. sick. <laughs> and that would that would be the dream. <laughs> yeah. I really think Tobias and Vogel coming back for NRS as writers, as the main writers, that would be amazing. Well, I, would I think love Vogel is still there, but I don't think he's a writer anymore. He's just like kind of like because he's kind of like he gives the green light, like yeah, you can do this or yeah, you. It's can do just that. shocking he's, to me because his his writing, as much as I love Tobias, his the three D was my favorite era in terms of lore and that was vocal well the 3d era expanded on the things that we know of right now like the things that we like about mortal kombat now is due to the 3d era exactly i think i think a big part of it is also the 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 original games but the fact that noob cyber is behind that started in deception yeah that's one thing that uh uh, people often forget (laughs) so uh before we let you go what is your favorite finisher well this is a tough one you know, I I, I was a, I was prepared for this question, or I I feel like I'm always prepared you for you the were. question. <laughs> yeah, I always every time I get asked this question, it's always two things. It's always two of them. I can't decide which one is which, or, or which both. one is my favorite. Okay, but both is they're both Liu Kangs. It's the arcade drop, and it was it's the uh, the uh, the dragon finisher. Ah, nice. Yeah. We've had a few people say the dragon fatality, right? Yeah, Fountain? I was just thinking that same thing. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people love that fatality. I, I mean, love it. it. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat 2 one, is that the one you're thinking of? Well, yeah, and it, yeah, the, the Mortal Kombat 2 one, yes. But the MK9 one is, well, it, as long as he turns into a dragon and eats you, yeah. <laughs> you must have been happy with the arcade machine brutality then. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, I was so happy. I was really, really happy. I was like, yes, thank you. This is the one I wanted. <laughs> it doesn't feel good when you're on the receiving end in Combat League, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they because you have to mercy somebody to exactly. get that happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened to me like twice. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we, we touched on this at the beginning of the episode, but where can our listeners find you? You can find me on YouTube. Just search up Brusque Poet. You can find me on twitter also search up brusque poet you can do that on twitch as well you can just search up not brusque poet it's brusque poet v the tv and and brusque poet is and and the t in brusque poet they're kind of like 
the same word. So I'm trying to say Brusque Poet TV, but it's just one V, not or not. It's, it's, it's just one T, not two. Could you so, not yeah. get it because somebody else took it? Somebody did take it. I don't it's know who just, it was. It's a, again, it's a trend. Everyone, everyone seems to go through this. Yeah, I'm like, dude, wh- who is this guy? And the, 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 account, the account doesn't even follow me. So the guy just took it just because he wanted to. Oh man, Brusque Poet TV. Yeah, well, it's, it's Brusque Poet V, but it's supposed to be Brusque Poet TV. Yeah, that's gotcha. What it's supposed to be. <laughs> We'd like to thank all of our listeners for stopping by the Realmcast today. And thank you very much, Bros Poe, for joining us on this episode. It was a pleasure to have you on the Realmcast. Thanks for joining, man. I'm very, very happy to have uh, had this experience, and I hope to see you guys again soon. We'd love it. Yep. You can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Kombat group on Facebook, as well as Yanni on the Mortal Kombat meme realm. You can catch up on all episodes of the Realmcast on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, and Spotify. Why? I...